Hey, and welcome to the Hashtag Angels podcast, where we bring you conversations about the latest tech trends with the people inventing and shaping them. I'm Jessica Varelli, and this week I'm joined by Terry Burns. And we're like, how do we talk to each other all day, every day, and still have more stuff to talk about? <laughs> Lauren Stefanian. I'm a huge Google Sheets girl, and I will never stray from that. <laughs> And Casey Caruso. As you know, investing is timing. So it's not just about what's going to work. It's when is it going to work and how long is it going to work? Three VC investors who teamed up to start an angel investing collective called TLC. We often get questions about how we set up hashtag angels, how we operate, collaborate, and so forth. So we thought people would love to learn from another group on the frontier using this collective model. So we talk about their origin story, what tools and infrastructure they use to operate, and the 11 investments they've done in their first year. All right, let's jump in. First off, just welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. This has been, uh, for us at Hashtag Angels, um, it's just been part of the fun of collaborating is the chance to just decide we want to experiment with new things. And for us, having conversations with other People in the industry who are inventing and doing new things and experimenting is the best part of it. And so that's that's what the podcast was born out of. So I am super excited to welcome Terry, Lauren, and Casey TLC to our podcast today. Um, so welcome, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Just as an introductory question... Tell us about TLC. What is TLC? And then we'll get into each of your backgrounds because I know there's a lot to explore there too. For sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for having us. We're super stoked to be here. And I also love how you said Terry, Lauren, Casey as TLC because we get asked literally all the time, what is TLC and what does it stand for? <laughs> People are like, oh, it's it's cool. It's catchy. But what does it mean? I'm like, it's, it's actually our names. Um, but I think at our core, we're an angel investing collective, the three of us co-angel invest um, in really awesome companies together. And how did you meet one another? How did you come up with the idea? Tell me a little bit about the origin story. Yeah, I, I'll take this. I actually knew both Lauren and Terry independently. I knew Lauren from the crypto industry. I knew Terry through this amazing community of technologists and builders called Rise, led by Eric Torenberg. And I had spoken independently with both of them about investing. And I always think it's just so much more fun and enjoyable to do things with your friends. So I figured for a very selective amount of reasons, I thought that this would be a killer group to come together, combine forces and, and work together in a more formal capacity. But maybe to, to back up a little bit, um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your backgrounds. I feel like one question I get so often from folks looking to break into the VC and investing industry is how do you get started? How do you find that first role? Um, and so I think it would be awesome to hear maybe, um, maybe Terry, we'll start with you a little bit of your background and your path into investing. Yeah, absolutely. So my path into investing and really my path into technology and entrepreneurship in general, Silicon Valley, if you will, was 
one of a lot of luck uh, as well as as hard work. I grew up in Long Beach, California, and it's funny, you know, I grew up in California and I had no conception of Silicon Valley. I had no conception of what was happening, you know, on the other side of the state. And I ended up going to NYU for undergrad, which I absolutely loved. And my freshman year, I had no idea what I wanted to study. I took sort of just the general kind of generic classes that one does their freshman year. And by chance, ended up um, at this this program at Google that was targeted towards uh, non-technical underrepresented communities to just kind of learn what it might look like to uh, have, a, have a job at Google. And I applied on a whim. I think I found out about it because I was literally Googling like things to do over the summer because I literally had no plans and ended up spending a week on Google's campus. And that was the first time that I had any sort of conception as to what Silicon Valley and technology and entrepreneurship might look like. Uh, and so that fall, I went back to school uh, took my first computer science class, which is a little bit ironic right because that, that program was geared towards non-technical majors. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I was like, this is going to be my major. I, I basically just decided in that moment. And since that time, I ended up getting really involved with engineering and product and startup communities uh, in, in New York City at the time. And then I graduated and ended up getting a job at Twitter. You and I overlapped for a little bit there, Jess. I know that you, uh, you were long time OG uh, tweep, uh, as, we, as we once called ourselves. And Twitter had a really awesome product program. I learned a ton. Uh, and then by chance, I, I ended up at GV. One of my mentors was Ken Norton. Shout out to Ken, who uh, was previously at GV. He was a longtime product manager and was a mentor of mine. So I would come to the GV offices, Google Ventures, my, my full-time um, job for context. And one day he was kind of like, hey, I know that we talk about product and that's kind of, you know, what our thing is, but GV's hiring if you're curious to learn more. And so I ended up kind of going through that process and the rest is history, as they say. Right on. I've been fortunate, as Terry mentioned, to work with her both as a, a colleague and co-investor together at GV, but we also overlapped at Twitter. And one thing I've always admired about your approach is just that ability to engage on a technical level, if founders want to talk about that, or on a product level, or more creatively, what's going on with culture and how are things shifting and why that new idea or business might take root. And so I think that broad that broad set of skill sets um, and the fact that you've had experience in those different domains, I, I see that as being so valuable just in your day-to-day work. So, awesome. Thanks, Jess. Um, <laughs> right on. Um, Lauren, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story and your background. Yeah. Um, I mean, similar to Terry, when I was growing up, I had no concept of the tech world in Silicon Valley. I grew up in rural Indiana. Um, and I went to college uh, at Columbia University. I, um, was, I started out as pre-med, just trying to make my parents happy. And I was just not clicking with any of the classes. I took all the pre-med classes up until Orgo. And I was just like, this is not for me. Um, and so I decided to take a step back and I was like, what's, you know, completely out there that I, I should try. And I took, um, intro to Java with this professor who was just incredible. Uh, I think his name was professor Adam Cannon. And, um, I changed my major on the spot, like after that class, uh, he was just such a good professor. And I, for some reason really clicked with Java and, um, decided I wanted to study CS. And wait, that's so funny, Lauren. I didn't know that you like decided on the spot from your first CS class. You and I have that in common. 
Yeah, really? I didn't know that yeah. either. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, because pre-med was just not it. Um, <laughs> so that kind of uh, marked my journey into becoming a developer. I, I mean, I studied systems at Columbia and um, eventually was like a developer doing C++ at a trading platform. I learned a ton about like trading and, and the whole world of like financial markets. And so from there, I worked my way up to Bank of America. I was doing structured notes working in trading. And um, it was also at that time that I kind of discovered crypto. Um, and it was just kind of serendipitous, like having joined Bank of America, like I got this completed view of the entire trade life cycle. So I had worked at a vendor, done trade reporting, understood uh, clearing houses and stuff. And then I was also working like in the front office um, doing trading. So I got this completed view of the trade life cycle and at the same time discovered crypto and it kind of it just clicked. I, I mean, I, I kind of fell in love. Went with, down the rabbit hole, so to speak. <laughs> exactly. I was like, you know, this could really down change the things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't need a clearinghouse anymore. How interesting would that be? Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much how I kind of started getting into crypto. And I kind of, it, it was just random that I ended up in an investor role because I, I knew just after Bank of America, I was like, I, I need to work in crypto. And I, yeah, I eventually joined Pantera, uh, my current firm, uh, around three years ago. Right on. Well, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about crypto with someone who's been full time in it for several years. Um, I'm sure you've got a ton to share there. Oh, yeah, I'm deep in. <laughs> <laughs> Hodel. Um, Casey, over to you. I would love to hear a little bit about your background. Sure, Yeah. For pretty much as long as I can remember, I've always deeply cared about only a few questions, which are mainly just surrounding humanity and kind of how how we got here, where we're going and all of that and in between. And that kind of curiosity about humans led me to technology from when I was a kid, I guess. I remember getting my first computer, went by the username BlueberryBits44 for anyone maybe who's interested Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, like programmed my way through college, did some fun things, like started a web development agency in high school. And w by the time I went to college, I, I knew that I wanted to kind of double down on computing. Studied CE, computer engineering, which is the hardware side of things, and then went on to continue studying in a graduate school and focused on machine learning. And for a long time, thought that I was going to be a professor. And, and after I graduated, decided to continue that and went did research for the government and did some really very interesting work on uh, intelligent systems. And I think it was like at that lab. So I was working at Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab. And I had this aha moment where I realized for these models to work, for all these machine learning models to actually function, you needed data. And I had this thesis that data was going to become kind of like the, I would say almost a currency of our generation or our, our world and wanted to go work for a company that had the best, richest data set, which I could play with and utilize. And that's when I interviewed with Google and was so lucky to get the opportunity to join. And, and that's where I am now. So I am an engineer on a machine learning research team at Google. I study human behavior and in, in UX through supervised and unsupervised methods. And it is an absolute joy. The kind of how I got into investing was when I joined Google, I found myself with some extra time on my hands and 
I have this list of things that I want to learn in my lifetime. And I brought it out and, and went through it and realized that angel investing was both at the top of the list. And I felt that over the years I had acquired some some strong opinions around where both machine learning and cryptocurrency were going to go. And I felt like I knew the problems that need to be solved. So I figured, hey, let me let me try to invest in this space. And I, I made some investments and then quickly realized I had literally no idea what I was doing <laughs> and that I needed to learn from people. Story so, of us uh, all, really. <laughs> sounds familiar. Very relatable. <laughs> so then, yeah, I was thankful enough to get on the cap table with some amazing VCs and really organically started those conversations and eventually I guess convinced convinced Bessemer to take me on in a part-time capacity, which has been an absolute honor to work with them. But yeah, that's a that's the story of how I got here. Right on. I feel like uh we were gonna look back on this pod and some of these early stories for each of you um with a lot of fondness over time because I can just I can just foresee like in the next decade or two <laughs> All the firms you all are going to be running, all the companies you're going to be starting, all the all the big stuff that lies ahead. So let's fast forward a little bit and talk about the inspiration for performing TLC. I mean, one thing that uh, has always been fun to connect on is we also started an angel investing collective, hashtag angels, obviously. And the six of us had formed a sort of bond and kinship together over the crazy life of Twitter you all intersected in a different way from different roles. Why did you decide to team up? What excited you about forming TLC? And then we'll talk about your one-year anniversary and what you've learned and done so far. Yeah, I could take this one. The three of us met together at SPQR in January of last year. Which is a really delicious restaurant. We highly recommend if you don't know SPQR. Oh my God. Pasta. (laughs) Also, well-timed because it's just before all the shutdowns. I know. It might have been the last time. We might have seen each other one other time, but it was like the, our first and last time all meeting in person because then COVID happened. So it's pretty crazy to think about all that's happened in the last year. Exactly. We've. I mean, it's crazy to think that we've done most of this all remote. It's it's incredible. So we, we essentially bonded over having uh, this common background uh, in engineering. And so we wanted to use that to invest into tech forward businesses. Um, and essentially we, well, eventually we, we decided that we wanted to invest in companies that we felt were truly inevitable. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about the teamwork part of it, because I know at least in our experience, angel investing can also be just like a very solo endeavor, which in some ways can be nice because of the latitude and the ability to just you know, have no constraints, but in some ways it's, there's not like a training manual. And so learning and sharing networks for us was like, oh my goodness, this is so much more fun and easier to do Mm -hmm. together. Um, Was that a piece of it for you all too? Yeah, definitely. I feel that one of the starkest differences between engineering and venture capital is the time how would I say this? Almost like Mm -hmm. the feedback loop time in terms of like you build something, you know, you built it right. You invest, it takes five years to know if you got it right. And I think one day, one way to combat that is angel investing with people, because at least then you have somebody to call you out on your bullshit and say, like, really challenge you in terms of how you're looking at something, your critical thinking skills, your deal judgment, all of that. Because if there's no other way, there's no other way to know if you got it right. Yeah, for sure. 
And obviously, like Terry and Lauren, you're both full-time in investing roles. And like Casey, you've been doing it part-time institutionally. So you also have access to a fair amount of this sort of knowledge and even honestly the language. But I think for a lot of folks too, well, one, you have to have access to capital. So that's a huge barrier. And for some folks who are fortunate to like be in a position to do that earlier in their career, for other folks, it takes a while or you maybe are lucky to be connected with a scouts fund or things like that. But that typically is a huge barrier for folks who are interested. But then I think the second barrier is a lot of this is just coded language and shorthand that we felt like at least having a group to sort of demystify and go on that journey together, even simple things like they're raising three on 10, I, I, just the shorthand, you're like, what? Yeah. You know, just just having someone say, that just means they're raising $3 million on a $10 million pre-money valuation. And the post-money valuation is just the sum of three plus 10. It's so basic, (laughs) but you could have, you could have like a master's in computer science and just be like, I don't know what is going on in this world that feels impenetrable because it's at least many, many years ago, especially the case still so cottage and hard to break into. And, And hopefully little by little, it is becoming more accessible, but part of it takes yeah, that open sharing of information and knowledge, which I'm sure is, as you three have teamed up, you can just do that on text message or on on email or DM threads or, or whatnot. Totally. When we very first started working together, we were like, what is our process going to be? How are we going to come up with a way to feel really good about the deals that that we're going to do with one another? And we write a memo. We have a whole process. You know, one of the core principles that we have is to write a memo for every single angel deal that we do. And you know, it, it probably looks a little bit different from the 10 to 20 page, you know, deep diligence memos that that you might do at like a larger institutional fund. But we were very, very clear from day one that we have to learn from each other and we have to Mm. be able to look back on what we did and what decisions we made a year from now, two years from now, five years from now and understand what we were thinking. And I think part of that came from just being a team and talking to each other and realizing that we had a lot of power if we were kind of diligent in that way. For folks who might be listening who don't have a ton of familiarity with investing, I sometimes joke that the investment memo and the blog post is sort of our equivalent of like shipping a product. This is totally. like the this is like which is funny because it feels so lightweight. But um, in comparison, <laughs> well, it depends but it on is, the memo. But yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, Terry's seen some of my Bibles that I've put together on various things. Very good. It is typically for most investment processes. If you work at a larger institution, it's a synthesis of. Um, why you think a company is compelling, the product they've built, why it's unique or differentiated, the team, and why you think it's a really big opportunity along with the risks. Um, And so it's impressive that you all are doing this for angel investments because oftentimes angel investments, because you're just writing a check yourself, it doesn't require that amount of documentation, but that's a great discipline to build. Well, Jess, I have to add that one of the reasons I knew this crew would work together is we are all maniacally organized. Like it is insane. (laughs) It is is like these two girls are the most organized humans I know. And we all kind of love a process. I think from the engineering background, we have this like way of systematizing things, maybe to a maybe over-systemizing things and over-structuring things that can't even be structured. Yeah, we've we've done a little bit on, of overkill sometimes. 
<laughs> but it's it's very fun. I hope one day we open source our process because it's uh, it's getting more robust day by day. We did open source one of our memos also too. That's on the website. So that's that's available. Yeah. Which is very, very work in public. Yeah. But tell me a little bit more about, so there's the, obviously the memo process where I assume, does one of you champion a deal? Will someone say, hey, I'm really excited about this. I'm going to pursue it, write a memo, and then share it with the rest of the group to say, let me know if you have any feedback or if you're interested. Is that, is that, or tell me a little bit more about the workflow. Yeah, we do have deal leads. It's actually something we explored and we feel that it works best because it gives one person the chance to champion the the deal. And in terms of moving forward, once the deal is obviously part of our portfolio, we all are very close with all of our portfolio companies. We, we do think in terms of being efficient and effective, one person really needs to be the, the point of contact. I mean, Lauren, Lauren needs to come up to stage on this one because she has built yeah, so much of it in the back end. Lauren has done a lot, a lot of our internal tooling. Yeah, I'm just obsessed with <laughs> organizing everything. Let's see. I mean, I think first and foremost, we have our like pipeline sheet, which is something we go over whenever we have our frequent meetings. We track everything that's going on, like in terms of like deals that are live, deals that we've missed or passed on or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, some notes about them. And then in terms of like after investing, we have a really robust portfolio tracking system, tracking, you know, how much money we put into something how the company's doing now, where they're marked at, um, any dilution we've taken on, um, just generally kind of charting how well we've done as investors. And I think that's that's honestly been so encouraging just to kind of see that over time and just seeing the numbers grow. We do have a Google Sheet with a ton of qualities and every founder that we do decide to invest in as we try to quantify who people are to, to some degree. Obviously you can't quantify a human, but we tried to do that in terms of like tracking kind of different personalities and different traits because so much of early stage investing is really betting on the founder. So, um, and that's something that's so subjective in terms of like, you know, when you look at somebody and say, oh, are they an A player? Like, what does that even mean? And I think mm-hmm. something that TLC is really trying to do is demystify what what is an A player and what makes them an A player. So you've made, I think, 11 investments so far. You've been collaborating for a year, plus you have your institutional roles. Have you seen any of those themes emerge in terms of, you know, people that you meet that um, that you feel like there's something special about them? It is oftentimes hard to distill that. Do you have a rubric or a few qualities that you're starting to kind of coalesce on? I think everybody has their own like favorite traits, but I think something that we've all kind of reached consensus about is this, this question of would I work for them mm. and asking yourself that and really paying attention to how you feel. Like, would you quit your job and bet on them? And there's like so much that goes into that, but that's like one of the traits that will rate one to three for every founder. And, you know, we're looking to bet on people that like, if we got fired, we could call them and say, can I join? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. The other reason I love that comment is because I think for some people, Angel investing still feels like, what is the rubric? How would you how would you approach something like that? And the reason I love that framework is because I think it's a really good one. But second, I think that's very relatable because we've all made decisions throughout our career about who we want to go work for or companies we want to work for or founders we want to work for. And so we actually have tuned that a bit in our just day-to-day experiences or you know, every now and then you'll think about that one or two really special company you would leave your job for. And for me, that's always been a signal of, 
if I feel that strongly, I should try to figure out how to get money in that company. You know, I love my gig, but I would I would maybe think about leaving it for if that founder called. Totally. Um, it is a really strong signal. Yeah. And the other is that, you know, if you're investing really early stage, for most founders, the job to be done is build the product people love and recruit and build the team. Yes. And so that second piece of it is so important. So I think that's such a such an insightful thing to bring to bring to light in terms of like a core piece of criteria. And it's fascinating. You're measured and you, it sounds like you have some type of a rubric where you're scoring, which you guys are building like institutional infrastructure. Yeah. And Lauren, you talked about the the tools generally. I'm actually just totally curious. Do you use like Airtable or just sheets or how do you actually track um, in terms of like tool sets? Probably my finance team at my fund hates me for this, but I'm a huge Google Sheets girl and I will never stray from that. Like, we love you for that. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> Lauren is so, Lauren like knows all the formulas. Like, we have some beautiful sheets. It's like very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Conditional formatting with colors. That's like what I'm picturing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. I try to make the sheets beautiful, but also really functional, especially for like crypto investments too. You can pull in APIs and track the track the portfolio in real time. And that's really also fun to see. We do use two other tools though that I'll also shout out. So a lot of our internal sort of tracking, we definitely use Google Sheets. Notion is what we use for our biweekly meetings. Um, and we use that intentionally because we were just like... Let's use lots of different products. Like we could stay (laughs) Mm -hmm. in like the Google suite forever, but let's try and diversify a little bit. And then plug to the portfolio. Uh, We also use Friday, which is one of our portfolio companies. Um, They're kind of a a remote collaboration tool, Friday.app. And we use that one. Just you can kind of do like check-ins with each other, sort of stand-up-y kind of updates. And so that's something that's also in our rotation that um, we use as well. We're trying out different IDEs right now. We used to be VS Code all the way, but reverting back to Sublime. So call it to Sublime mm. for that recent update. Great product. Nice. Love Sublime. Right on. And you you alluded to you meet, is it you say is every other week? Is that right, Terry? Yeah. So we're on like a text thread. We talk to each other literally every day. It's, That's like it's so funny. Yeah. Like we we have bi-weekly meetings. So every other Monday, we have an hour and a half. We go through our pipeline list. We go through our portfolio. Um, and then any other sort of miscellaneous updates. Terry always does an agenda for us. Yeah, always. always do an agenda. <laughs> Thank of you, course. Terry. <laughs> but it, it's so funny because we always go over and we're like, how do we talk to each other all day, every day, and still have more stuff to talk about. Uh, so we are we are very plugged in at this point in time. What do you think the longest we've gone without talking? We tried to we tried to take a break once, and it didn't really didn't work. work. Yeah, I think it was like twenty four hours. Do you also have the habit? So our text thread, we sometimes joke, is like eventually we're going to turn it into a coffee table book because it's everything from hey, this deal's marked up to a screenshot of. Like today, we're, we're planning a Miami trip. So I was screenshotting these like platform sandals that I'm getting. And <laughs> Jana, my friend, was like showing her rainbow, very tall heels. Um, and so it just like, it kind of crosses a little bit of everything. But I think for us, the um, the friendship actually has just been a real blessing also. And and frankly, probably more so than we would have expected. But like the the connectivity with a few other people in the industry, especially as you go on and do different things or you maybe your day jobs may be pretty independent. And so that chance to have those closer professional, but also personal relationships um, over time for us has been just a surprise in the, in the greatest possible way. 
Yeah, we have a lot of fun and I feel <laughs> a lot of gratitude for that. I mean, from day one, I think we all knew that we would work very well together, which is why we were so quick to just jump into trying this after, you know, one dinner together. And I think none of us, well, maybe I should just speak for myself. I certainly never expected to make such amazing friends out of this and have this group chat that I very much look forward to like being in all day every day and I think that at the end of the day it's so corny but it's true like that's what really matters just being able to like work with people that you love and that are inspirational and motivational and aligned with the things that you want to do you know we really really love the companies that we invest in we love being curious and building we also want to make a lot of money and we have no you know shame in stating that and I think we're all on the same page and it's really awesome that that we have each other. You guys are the best. <laughs> it is. There's so much magic here. There's two things on my keychain, my AirPods and a TLC keychain. And I think that speaks for itself. <laughs> for sure. Well, and I actually, I want to pull on this thread about, I think Terry's at one point described it as, uh, we like to make and break alongside of our founders or investments and giving you all have technical backgrounds. Just some of the stuff, like I'm going to plug your website is just, very cool. I love the design. I love the whole vibe you have going on. But you've also launched an NFT just for fun. Um, will you tell me a little bit about, yeah, that sort of make and break mentality and then how you work with the founders you've backed? I, I can just say, Jess, like we think there is, we've talked a lot about this, that there's like two, if you had to break the world down into two types of people, there's builders and then there's sellers. And you're, yeah, you're either creating or you're selling. And we really want to sit at the intersection. And it's really hard to do that. Mm. But TLC tries. We we try to stay competent in, in both like being able to communicate and, and advocate for things, but also really on the creation side. But Lauren has done a, a ton in terms of like helping us build and stay kind of plugged into that side too. I mean, essentially after investing into a 11 different deals. Mm. We decided to put together this website from scratch and it was honestly a ton of fun, like coding with both Terry and Casey. Um, and like, first of all, it was like the design process, like what theme are we going for? And how would you describe your theme? Because it is, it is cool. I mean, it's unmistakably cool, but I, I don't, do you, what, how would you describe the brand? Y2K, honestly. Uh, <laughs> We, I mean, we're computer nerds and uh, we think a lot about how software has changed over the years. And so we wanted this to be like kind of an homage to the computer systems we used as we were growing up. And so, yeah, we just, we just wanted it to be, you know, a fun place for people to go. Yeah. And that's what we were going for. So we, we designed it and, and we built it and we're still iterating on it every day. And it's a lot of fun. So tlccollective.space going to plug your site. We'll make sure to me. We'll make this the cover art for the pod. Um, nice. Yeah, because it is. It has this sort of throwback retro, colorful, playful vibe about it that, yeah, that just I think is reflective of why not? Why not have fun with the websites? They don't all have to be this like same plain square um, vibe. So I love what you guys have done there. And tell me about the NFT drop. <laughs> so the NFT drop that was just so in the spirit of, of of being builders and wanting to make sure that we're not spending 100% of our time focusing on investing. It also came off the heels of us working on the website, which I think was just so fun and a little bit of a reprieve from all the work that we had been doing basically for most of, of 2020. 
And we were all like, we know for a fact that in a month, NFTs are just going to be everywhere. Like all the celebrities are going to be dropping NFTs. Everyone's going to be talking about NFTs. And so we were like, the best way for us to be able to wrap our minds around it is to do it and to build it ourselves. And so we sat down with Freya Lobo. Shout out to Freya. She's incredible. She's a, a dear friend of TLC's. She actually comes to some of our TLC meetings sometimes. She has a really, really awesome consumer eye. So we chat a lot about consumer. And the four of us sat down and we're like, what might it look like to create, you know, an NFT? And so we sat down and similar to our website, strategized what we wanted to do. We decided we wanted to do a digital swag drop. With NFTs, you can create any piece of digital art and that can become an NFT. And so we just created these these images of, of different pieces of TLC swag. And then we did a ton of research. We did a system as as we always do to figure out what platform should we host it on? What does cost look like? What is minting? What are gas fees going to be? All of this stuff that we sort of knew kind of in theory, but wanted to get a lot of firsthand experience doing. And so we went for it. Uh, we sadly did not make $2 million like Jack Dorsey, but <laughs> night's still young. We might do it again. Uh, and it was, I think, just a really awesome learning experience. I just remember I loved seeing that because I was just like, why not? Why not experiment with the best way to learn is just to build and to do. Uh, and so exactly. I'm excited to see so much is between the website, that, and then your 11 investments in your first year. It's a lot. So let's talk about that. Will you um, tell me about some of the companies you've invested in that you're excited about? There's so many to choose from. Our first deal, which was Watershed. And I think that one is a really good one to plug because uh, Watershed is the one that we published our memo for. So Casey had sourced that deal. She was the deal lead for it and I think did a really, really awesome job. That was kind of our first full process with a deal. And Mark and Jonathan, the founders, are, are really, really smart sort of an MIT spin out company and they graciously allowed us to put the memo on the website. And so that's one that folks can spend some time learning more about if they want. But Casey, as, as a deal lead, do you want to maybe say a little bit more about Watershed? So what Watershed is, is like a, for anyone out there that's familiar with Jupiter, which is a machine learning, kind of the machine learning IDE, they're kind of taking that concept and building upon it and making a Jupyter notebook specifically for bioinformatics. And for those that don't know a lot about bioinformatics, the, the TLDR is that we've recently kind of hit a threshold where the getting of the data is no longer the problem. It's actually the processing of the data. We have the data now. So it's like, what are you going to do with it? And Watershed is trying to kind of remove that bottleneck and provide this all-in-one data science platform that you can come and do analyses and um, just significantly lower your time to to complete these scientific discoveries. And we find that to be incredibly inspiring, but also in, uh, inevitable because what's going to end up happening in the science industry is as they adopt technology, they're going to need these better tooling and better infrastructure to do these kind of like more high high frequency computing plays. That sounds awesome. You mentioned Friday. Um, are there a few others that that are public that you're especially excited about? Um, yeah, Stitch is uh, a recent investment that we made that essentially focuses on passwordless authentication. Um, I think one of the themes that we are really excited about as a group um, has been kind of developer tooling and just kind of making the annoying parts of being a developer 
um, easier and kind of abstracting them away. Uh, so Stitch kind of fell perfectly into that category, and it was founded by uh, an incredible duo, Juliana and Reed, who uh, both have experience at Plaid, um, and I know Juliana also has uh, experience uh, at a security company, very good security, and um, the founding team was incredible. We had known them for a while, and the company also was something that we're, we're very excited about. Right on. Terry, any shout out for you in terms of company that you're especially excited about? So another company that we're super excited about is called Radical. And Casey and Lauren, I always joke, they're like my resident crypto experts. They teach me everything about about crypto. And I think that obviously the space is really hot right now. And so there's been a lot that we've learned and that we're excited about. Radical is effectively building a decentralized code collaboration tool. Another way of thinking about it might be sort of like a a decentralized GitHub. And that product, I think, is is fascinating for us as, as builders, as engineers. We love thinking about being able to create developer tools and create opportunities for engineers to collaborate. And the frontier of decentralization is, I think, just ripe for opportunity. And so the team is really, really fantastic. Super, super smart technical team based in Europe, actually. And, and we met them. And actually, it was one of our fastest processes that, we, that we've ever done because I think the round was moving really quickly and we were just very excited and we wanted to get involved. And they also have a, a token. And so uh, we're super excited about paying attention to some of the dynamics that exist in the broader market around tokens, whether that's, you know, a governance token or, or other types of, um, of iterations that we're sort of seeing in the broader crypto market. And so that was, I think, our, our, our primary sort of crypto investment. That, that and TRM. Mm. TRM is another cryptocurrency Uh, focused company that we're investors in. They're essentially building a fraud and compliance platform for crypto and compete with companies like Chainalysis and Elliptic. Um, We are such big fans of that team and we feel like they are extremely well positioned as as this market expands, especially over the last, you know, even 12 months and beyond. And um, Bessemer recently led their Series A, which we were lucky enough to co-invest alongside them. Right on. I'm taking a note because a couple of these I don't know. And so this is this is a little inside baseball about how we all source is also yeah. like you hear about you hear about deals from people you respect and you make a note and you're like, I gotta go check that out. But you've mentioned a couple crypto companies, you mentioned some developer tools. Do you are you all thesis driven in terms of like specific themes that interest you, or do you tend to be more opportunistic and people driven? Will you give me a little sense for stuff that guides what you where you spend your time and what you go sort of hunting for? We definitely have themes. We have a document that is titled TLC Roadmaps and we get together and think very deeply around what we think is going to happen in this world and how trends will materialize, how strong fads will be. Mm. As you know, investing is timing. So it's not just about what's going to work. It's when is it going to work and how long is it going to work? Mm-hmm. I know crypto is a big focus for um, for a couple of you, and obviously, like Lauren, you're doing crypto stuff full time. Um, but are there any other specific themes that you just feel like super pulled towards, or there's just a macro shift going on that you feel like is going to catalyze a bunch of new opportunities? I mean, personally, I'm interested, obviously, in crypto, but also fintech and um, enterprise SaaS, kind of in general. Um, and yeah, I'll let Terry and Casey talk about their interests, but it's, it's just great that we can all kind of combine, um, you know, our overall interests and, and 
get exposure to stuff that we wouldn't otherwise have exposure to. For sure. I really think that consumer and mobile consumer in particular is having a little bit of a renaissance right now. I think we've we've chatted and joked, actually all of us, Jess, you and I, as well as TLC about Gen Z and what the future of the internet is looking like today and will continue to shape into in the future. And I think that the consumer just landscape is really fascinating right now. Obviously, there's a lot of awesome innovations happening in the audio space. Part of the reason I mentioned Freya earlier, and I'm going to give her another shout out, why we wanted to just spend more time working with her and a few other folks is because different people can can bring various perspectives around themes and areas that are compelling. And I think consumer is one of those and, and she's awesome at consumer. So that's a space that I'm super interested in and we're being intentional about partnering and talking to other people who are really smart in that space as well. Well, one thing we like to do as we sort of wrap up the Hashtag Angels podcast is we try to pay it forward a little bit and just like shout out someone or uh, you know people that have been an awesome influence or someone we should know. I mean, Free is a great example. Um, and we'll include their Twitter handle um, and, and name in the episode notes. But anyone else come to mind who's inspired you along your your journeys? So we've mentioned a few times that we really like to invest in the inevitable. And I would say that's kind of our core thesis when we think about what is something that we want to invest in. Is this thing, does it feel inevitable? And we actually got that from Sam Altman. So thank you, Sam Altman, who Mm -hmm. uh, we did a, a diligence call with on one of the first deals that we ever looked at. And we ultimately passed on the company, but we came pretty close. Uh, and he, he said to us in that conversation, he was kind of like, you know, does, does this feel inevitable to you? And we were like, holy shit, like that is a really helpful framework for how to think about what we're excited about. So shout out to Sam Altman. And then I'll give a shout out to Dave Minicello, who is my boss at GV, um, who's just been a really awesome mentor and has taught me a ton and has made me continue to be really excited about investing. I mean, I I do this in my nine to five and I do it outside of that. And so uh, I'll just give him a shout out because I, I feel very, very very lucky to have such a hands-on awesome mentor and so shout out to you Dave right on I mean I never had like that traditional like mentor figure I guess um just throughout my career uh having been in so many different roles so I've honestly learned the most from my peers um particularly people who started out as associates when I was an associate and have now either gone on to becoming principals and partners um, or joining uh, companies as operators or founding companies. Um, So those are the kinds of people that, I mean, they know who they are in my life. Like we're close friends now, um, but I've learned the most from, from my peers. I have so many people that have just been so formidable in my career. I, I mean, everyone at Bessemer has been an absolute pleasure to work with. I think they're the smartest group of people I've ever worked with. And from the engineering side, Andrew Ng, who's a Stanford professor, I had the pleasure of taking a course with him most recently. And the way he distills machine learning is absolutely beautiful. That's the best way to put it. And I'm really thankful for all the work he's put into uh, really simplifying the concepts to to others. Sweet. Um, You guys have done so much in the first year. It's awesome to hear about. And I think we'll be hearing a lot more. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jess. It was super fun to connect with you all. And I think that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. To keep up with TLC, check out their website, tlccollective.space. 
As I mentioned, they have a very cool design and vibe and you have to check it out. Next up on the pod, we sit down with Jessica Ewing, the CEO and founder of Literati, a subscription book club. If you're enjoying the pod, we would love your feedback or better yet, if there's suggestions of people you'd like to hear from or topics you want us to dig into, please let us know. We're at hashtag angels on Twitter. The Hashtag Angels podcast is a production of H Industries. The episode was produced and edited by Matt Herrero, and our theme music was composed by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.